Welcome to Permeable Minds with Ethan and Yvonne. Every episode we'll be bringing you a new topic to share and discuss. Remember there are no wrong answers and all we ask is for you to keep an open mind. We can't wait for you to take part and join in the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Permeable Minds. First of all, we just wanted to say thank you so much for all of the feedback that you guys gave us on our first episode, which obviously we released a couple of weeks ago now. This is obviously a new venture for both me and Ethan. So we really appreciate all of your feedback and all of your contributions. And hopefully we'll be giving you lots of different discussions, lots of things to think about and go away with every single week. Touching on something that we mentioned last week, kind of how me and Ethan met, basically, is we met through work. So we became colleagues before we eventually became friends. So in today's episode, we really wanted to explore the dynamics of the workplace and relationships in the workplace as well. So a couple of people listening obviously may know us really well, but most of the audience, Ethan, won't know that we would have started our friendship during lockdown, during the pandemic. And it was quite weird thinking about it and thinking back that we became friends and we only existed and we only spoke to each other via Teams. We only saw each other virtually for, what, was it seven months? It was the longest time, to be honest. Like, even, I think, when we saw each other, it was maybe for that one day in that one week. And then... We wouldn't see each other physically again for another week, two weeks. So yeah, I, for me, it was just completely weird. I never really experienced that in my life, to be honest. Yeah. And thinking back to all of my relationships with friends in the past, I've never actually met someone in that way, apart from like some creep on the internet, which thank God you're semi-normal. Well, there's still time, I guess. <laughs> there's still time to reveal yourself. But do you remember back in the day, I don't know if you ever played like RuneScape? Oh yeah, RuneScape. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's still big. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, two versions of it now. There's an old school version, which is probably what we used to play. And then there's a newer version. So yeah, it's still relevant. Right. Okay. So anybody who is also RuneScaping their way through life right now, the only people that I ever met and then never actually met in person were the people I met on RuneScape. So for me, having to meet you for the first time, I remember going into the office being like, what if I don't actually like this guy when I meet him in person? Will that kind of change our dynamic? I remember it was a bit of a big lead up for us both being like, how is it going to be in person? Are things going to change? Uh, and thankfully, things just improved, really. In terms of like dynamics and when you're interacting with other people at work as well, I don't know whether you have any experiences of really bad relationships that maybe have like turned sour in the workplace or potentially again that you found some that you're really you really enjoy you you speak to out of work just like me and you kind of what is your experience do you often make friends with your colleagues or is do you try and draw a line sometimes so i actually go into most employment opportunities not looking to make friends i try to draw a very hard line between colleagues and friends, but mainly because I feel like 
it's hard to have a solid gauge on that person in a work environment often, at least for me. And I think if you put in more commitment, you put in more towards building a friendship, it's often very easy to kind of be misled, I guess, because of a good work relationship. You might assume that you would be good friends, but maybe in the end, it's just a work relationship. So I don't really go into a working relationship with a colleague, with a boss, thinking, oh yeah, we're going to be really good mates or anything. Okay, so before I kind of divulge and go off into a couple of other questions, in which case, when you then kind of saw, all right, Yvonne's kind of a semi-decent human being, did you kind of put up any resistance or you were kind of like, oh, like where where is this heading? You know, the lines might get blurred in terms of can we keep things professional at work but still have banter outside of work, etc. Was that kind of a worry of yours or what did you call me in that article that you wrote about me when we first met, when you first joined the company? It was something along the lines of aggressively... Approachable. Approachable. That was the one. Yes. So Ethan had to write an article about all of the new starters in the office. And I'd only met this guy for one meeting. And then, he, yeah, he basically wrote Yvonne is aggressively approachable. And at first I was like wait, what? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? So in my eyes, I was like, oh, I mean, everybody knows this when I meet them. I like to bombard people with questions all the time. It's like question after question after question to the point where people I, like may feel like I'm intruding on their personal life. But it's genuinely me trying to get to know people rather than being intrusive. I mean, when I wrote that, partly because it's, I felt it was very fitting for you, to be honest. And I like to kind of put in flowery words. So I thought it sounded good. It kind of summed you up, at least when we had our first kind of uh, video call, it was definitely the right thing to do. But I mean, for me, going back to the question you asked before, whether I felt reluctant or was I kind of afraid of developing a friendship? No, no, not at all. Although I say that I don't go into work looking to make friends, I let friends just make themselves. So if I have a great relationship like I do with you, yeah, let's just be mates. That's all That's all good. I wasn't afraid or anything. Although I think it helps that we work in completely different departments to a certain degree. Very good point. I think that definitely helps. I'm never going to be on your back about something you're never going to be on my back about something because we don't really work with each other too much we definitely did but it's not it wasn't a kind of a big thing so yeah which leads me on to the next question in terms of when you are developing relationships within your team or potentially you mentioned you don't often find it easy or find it common to have a relationship with your manager like outside of work. How do you find navigating those friendships or navigating those relationships? Because I definitely have my personal experiences of what I can share in previous employment. And to be honest, there's always been a bit of taboo, particularly around employer and employee or manager and colleague relationships. But you go ahead and I can jump in with my experience. Well, I find that, yeah, you do want to kind of 
be on good terms, perhaps even friendly. But I think it's very important to always have in the back of your head this very clear hierarchy. Because when push comes to shove, they will use that hierarchy. So I think ideal situation, never need to use it. Everyone's acting equal. It's all good. Everyone's friendly. You do good work together. But worst case scenario is that at one point they will use that hierarchy against you. And so I think it's important to at least be aware of that and not be completely overwhelmed with feelings of friendship and goodwill and some sort of parity. Yeah. I think you need to be aware of it. I'm not saying you should act that way. I'm just saying it's important to be aware that this exists. Is that from previous experience you're talking about or is that kind of speculative? It's hard to say, actually. I can't. The way you told that story, it feels like that you've been bitten in the ass in the past. Well, I can't really say that either. I feel like I don't I, I wouldn't say I've been bitten in the ass. I don't think that's happened. I definitely think that being this way may have protected me somewhat. So really valid point in terms of right. The word hierarchy, please let us come back to that because that is a whole other stream that we're going to go down and something I feel extremely passionate about. Just that word in general, you probably saw my facial reaction. Nobody else obviously <laughs> could, but I have a very strong reaction and a very strong feeling towards hierarchy. So let's park that. We'll come back to that. In terms of relationships at work. So I, so my first ever job, I managed uh, a team of 20 staff and they were all mostly younger than me. So I started at the age of 22. Most of the staff were kind of 16, 17. And sometimes they were roughly the same age as me. So I got along really well with the people that were obviously the same age as me. And we, we did form a bond and form a friendship. But from my manager, they really didn't like me being so friendly with the staff. And the reason behind that, one, I don't know whether it was a little bit of jealousy that I was obviously forming a bond with them and they weren't because I was kind of the new upstart I had a fresh perspective I like to say that I am a pleasure to work with and obviously you could either vouch or deny that but I I, I like to get along with people at work I feel I have to enjoy work otherwise it's it's mm -hmm. you know it's such a big part of my life I probably spend more time speaking to people and having relationships with people at work than I do my own other half because I see people at work more. But all management really didn't favor me being friends with the people I was managing. So there were a couple of instances where they would make me do that person's appraisal to make sure that we would be seen to having a professional relationship. But like there was one individual in particular, we used to get the train home together, we became really, really friendly. And kind of hard not to become friends with somebody you'll get you're literally getting the train with you're obviously going to have conversations outside of the normal work remit and they made sure I would do their appraisal they would make sure that I would try and discipline these particular colleagues to make sure like you said to keep the hierarchy in check right and then I've also been on the flip side where managers have tried not to become too friendly with me because like you said, they're worried about the barrier being broken. They're worried about the line being crossed. I'm not to say that they were scared of 
crossing, you know, crossing mm -hmm. the hierarchy. They wanted to keep things separate, but more, maybe it is coming down to the disciplinary thing. Could you discipline someone? Because I know you've been a manager as well, Ethan. Could you then discipline somebody that you've been friends with? I mean, personally, I've had to do it in every single time I've been a manager. I've been able to have tricky conversations with my colleagues, the people that I manage, as well as being friends with them outside of work. But I know for some people, it is really difficult to do and to separate the two, like compartmentalizing things. So I don't know if you've ever had to, first of all, your experience of management, was it just in one role or have you had it in a couple of roles? It's very much just in one role. And yeah, I don't really have a problem with disciplining. I think discipline is fine and still maintaining some sort of friendly relationship outside. Just to clarify, it's not that I avoid becoming friends with people from different levels of management. Yeah. It's more that I think it's very important to be aware that there still is that difference. And that difference could pop its ugly head up at random times that you don't know. And if you're too friendly and you forget about that, when it pops up, it could really bite you in the ass. So, yeah, it's just about being aware of that line there. I, okay, so I had something to add on that where potentially somebody might have been on the receiving end of me having to discipline them. So in that case, that person should have really maybe been more aware of that line of management. So a colleague, I say colleague because I treat everybody like equal, which leads on to the hierarchy debate, which we'll speak about in a sec. <laughs> but the person that I was managing came in and they were hungover at work and we were working with children. So completely unacceptable. And I was the only manager there. So I was the one that had to discipline this person. So I brought them into the office. There was quite a heated discussion because they were hung over. It also meant that they were saying stuff that they definitely wouldn't even say to a colleague, let alone somebody in a management position. So when that person received their bite in the ass from me, yep. I guess I can see your perspective in terms of how it might be perceived if you're the one receiving it. But I, I haven't been in that situation where I've been the one giving the biting, not receiving the biting, if that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, is that because you're such a great colleague? You tell me, my friend. I definitely can't answer that one. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's, that illustrates what I was talking about exactly. So the person getting told off should be aware that there is a possibility that could happen from someone they believe is a friend because of the inherent positions they hold within the company. So, yeah, perfect, perfect example. Are you happy to dive into the hierarchy debate now? Debate? I wasn't aware there was a debate. Well, just, okay, maybe there isn't. Maybe we're both on the same side. Who knows, right? We won't be. <laughs> Guys, after this podcast, there are going to be no more episodes because me and Ethan are actually going to fall out, just an FYI. We had a good run, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So every single time I go into a place of work, I feel because I've been managed and I have managed. How do you feel about there is a divide? Okay, so I remember in my... 
I think it was my first meeting, not with my manager, but with my manager's manager. So two okay. above me. I remember saying to this person in a previous role, I do not do hierarchy. I do not appreciate people coming in, swinging there, you know what, and kind of showing me who's boss. I do not react well. Because what you need to do as a good manager, correct me if I'm wrong, or a good leader, you need to adapt your approach mm -hmm. to different people. Like you don't like to be managed in the same way that I do and vice versa. We like to be managed differently. We respond to different motivations. We respond to different styles of leadership. Agreed. So when I then came in and was like, yeah, I don't like hierarchy. I don't like being seen as beneath people. I don't like being seen as basically peasantry. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Let's. So. Okay, fine. Carry on. So I like to be seen as equal, even though that you're my manager, my shit is the same color as yours. So we should treat each other as equals. But I will still respect you as my manager and I will still follow your instructions. Okay. I've said my piece. Can I ask a question? How many people were in the team that you ended up working in? At this company that I'm talking about? Yes. There was about six of us in the team. We had a team lead and then we had the, the top guy who was managing like three different teams. Okay. And who was the person that was very into hierarchy there? So my manager's manager. Although, like I said, it was literally our first meeting. But I was literally preempting stuff. So I didn't know if that person was a big hierarchy person or not. But when I preempted it, it did not end well. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. This is, what, this is the question that comes to mind after you've told that story. Given that there's a team of six, if the other five thrive in a hierarchy-based management system, but you do not, whose onus is it to change and adapt? You can't be asking these types of questions, Ethan. This is what I'm here for. This is why permeable minds exist. You've always got to be devil's advocate, haven't you? No, me. That's a really good question. That's, a, that's actually stumped me. I'm going to think about it, though. Okay. Because, so, while you think about that, my opinion on hierarchy, I would say it aligns with yours. I don't like it if a manager comes in swinging something that he believes is big. Or she. Yeah, or she. Or they. And trying to kind of just pee everywhere, right, to mark their territory. I, I, don't, I don't like that because I don't think it's useful. Most managers, we, oh, we know you're a manager. We know you're the manager. We know you're the director. We know you're the CEO. There's no need for you to do that. I know how lowly I am. I know my place. We don't need a show of power. But... On the other hand, at one point, they will need to use that power. I just don't want it swinging in my face. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There's definitely a time and a place. For example, in an appraisal, it's very obvious that you're going to be getting some sort of feedback, positive and maybe critiques on how to improve. But when it comes to like maybe like everyday um, 
for example, should you kick the CEO of a company out of a meeting room? Well, if I've booked that meeting room, he is leaving that office. Like, obviously, I'm not going to literally force the guy or woman, but depending on the different company. So in one company, it was like completely taboo. How dare you speak to the CEO like that? How dare you kick this person out of the meeting room? And then in another company, because they were more open-minded and they kind of treat their staff a lot better, they didn't use hierarchy as an excuse to treat their staff poorly. Yeah. So if you literally knocked on the door and be like, I've got this meeting room booked, they were like, yeah, cool, here you go. They didn't. They didn't have that line of, you're like you said you're below me you're beneath me they weren't using their title to their advantage if that makes sense makes sense yeah and then coming back to the question you've given me a little bit of time to think (laughs) should the other five people adapt or maybe should that one person adapt i'm gonna do a classic ethan thing and not give a direct answer and give a very political and well-rounded answer of again going back to the original point that manager in my view, should adapt. Yes, you should have an overall management style in terms of this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, etc. But potentially, if you're speaking to them on like an individual basis, surely that person should be adapting their approach on talking to me. But I understand what you mean in terms of in a group situation, how could that manager adapt the approach if the others like a hierarchy? To be honest, I don't really have like a direct, I really don't have a direct answer because bloody hell, it's such a great question. Should I have been the one to adapt if that was me? Potentially, could I have just bitten my tongue and kind of sucked it up and got on with it? Or in my case, I changed teams. I sought change. I didn't like the way this person was running the team. Plus, I was really bored in my team and the work I was doing. So I decided to go off to another team and actually that person's tone then changed and was like kind of puppy dog eyes. No, 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 come crawling back to me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, no, I have, I live on a bit of a three strike rule, three strikes and you're out. Yeah. That's generally how it works. (laughs) (laughs) And there was just too many red flags. And going back to being like really aware of your relationships and really aware of your situation, just looking out for these red flags, whether it's in a work environment in terms of reading people from a a colleague manager perspective or from colleague to colleague as well. I think it's so good to be aware of how you portray yourself, but also how you're being perceived as well. Yeah, no, I think your answer is yeah, what you say makes sense. And to be honest, going back to the question I asked. Did you have an answer? So my answer is very Ethan as well, I would say. Of course. <laughs> would expect nothing less. So you're right. You know, a team leader, someone who leads a team, should be doing all they can to get the best out of their team. I can't think of many team members who would thrive more in a strict hierarchy than in a situation that is more loose and more liberal in terms of management style. Of course, there may be out there. I'm not saying there isn't, but I'm definitely not one. Yeah. So I can't imagine many people out there being one, especially now when there's so much 
choice in terms of work that you can kind of pick and choose where and who you want to work for. I find it hard to believe that there would be loads of people really craving that whip at work. The only people I can think of, and you know, this isn't me trying to stereotype or me trying to group these people into a bubble, but potentially young people or potentially people that aren't very disciplined. So they may not react to that type of management if they're kind of scared of their manager and things like that. But having a little bit of discipline to kind of get you prepared for the working world, kind of like our parents, really, like a little bit of discipline kind of never harmed us. And I say a little, I'm not talking about strict discipline, you know, you're you're grounded, you've got to have a curfew, etc. I'm talking general politeness, just understanding the wrongs and rights of the world and how to engage with people, how to treat people well, etc. Which, in my view, needs to be seen more of in the workplace. Ooh, okay. Okay. I, I, I kind of feel... I don't know. I don't know if I feel the opposite. So... This is not based on fact. This is not based on experience. This is based on conjecture. It's not, it's based on nothing. Let's say this is based on nothing. Sometimes I get the feeling that people who are new to the workplace, they will take more bullshit because they're so inexperienced. And they think it's the norm. Whereas in fact, they should push back a little bit more. They shouldn't be taking all that bullshit. I don't know if this is true. If any of you listeners out there agree, disagree, have a good example, definitely let us know. But this is just kind of my thought process. Maybe it's a little bit from experience where from my first couple of jobs, I was like, oh man, I didn't need to do that. Why did I do that? I didn't need to do those extra hours. I didn't need to like stay behind to finish that project. You know, I could have just gone home and I should have gone home because that's within my right. But because I was trying to impress my boss, I was trying to look eager, I didn't know, I ended up doing more and not get paid for it, which is why people work. That kind of nicely leads us back to how we met and how we became friends through work. And one of the things that I just wanted to share with everybody to give context is Ethan is like five, five and a bit years older than me. So he's had a couple more years in the workplace than I have. Okay. So when I came to our place of work and things weren't going so well, I would always seek Ethan's advice and I would always find comfort in his answers. I felt Ethan was really ballsy and he always had a rationale behind doing things. So that is one of the things that I was really thankful for that, right, I need to be more like Ethan. I need to, I need to just be more, not stubborn is the wrong word. I just need to be more, don't let people push me around as much. So that's something that I really respect when working with you and something that I was grateful for to come and seek your advice more than anything. If something was a little bit tricky, how to deal with this tricky situation. And thankfully, most of the time, because of probably experience and also just because of your character and who you are, that's when I, I've learned a lot from you in the past, however many months we worked together, eight months, nine months that we worked together. I learned a lot from you and I've gone into my new role with more gumption. Is that the right word? With a little bit more. It's a good word. Great. I've gone in with a little. I always thought I had balls, but you can always learn and you can always get bigger balls, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm working on as well, getting bigger balls. And to be honest, like what I say, any advice I've given you, to be honest, isn't necessarily the right advice. In fact, I think most of the time I've given you, well, your so-called Ethan answer. This is not a word, this is not a term that I coined, by the way. I'm not going around saying I like to give Ethan answers. This is something that Yvonne's made up. Do you want to explain what an Ethan answer is? Because it's a nothing answer, isn't it? <laughs> in your eyes, it's a nothing answer. But also, in my eyes, it's a very hard line down the middle answer of there's kind of no hard right or hard left answer. There's no right or wrong. Ethan always answers my question with another question. So then he's not actually giving me an answer. He's basically putting the question back at me, which is probably one of the best things to do because then you're letting me come up with my own answer, make my own decisions instead of being a bit of a dictator and being like, right, I clearly know what I'm doing. This is what you have to do, which you've never done. But mm. because you present me back with a question, just like you did however long ago it was, 20 <laughs> minutes ago with, okay, I don't have an answer for you, but I have a question. I feel that is such a good skill in itself when building a foundation with friends and using it in any relationship that you have with anybody. And it's something that I'm definitely grateful to to be on the other end of half the time as well. Yeah, I mean, I, especially I think between kind of colleagues asking for help, it can be very patronizing if someone tells the other person what to do. You know, no situation's ever exactly the same. Often the other person, I'm sure you're the same, it's kind of just looking for a sounding board, really, to figure out what they should do. So, yeah, I guess that's what I tried to, when you came to me, and I've definitely come to you as well. Let's not, let's not pretend it's a one-way, like, kind of street here. I've definitely come to you with my questions and queries and needing advice about certain aspects of the job that I'm unsure about as well, and you've definitely helped me. It's, yeah, it's about kind of a sounding board and then reflecting on your own thoughts to come up with your own answer. And that kind of really nicely leads on to wrapping up today's episode because we're not here to say, this is our opinion, we're right, we're wrong. If you treat permeable minds as a bit of a sounding board, we're here to discuss, we're here to bounce ideas off each other, we're here to facilitate a discussion. And like Ethan said, please do get in touch, please do get in contact with your own examples, your own anecdotes, your own questions. And if you have anything to add to the discussion, we are all ears. We're kind of, yes, we are on this journey together, but we're on this journey with the rest of you as well. And we can't wait to start hearing more of your ideas and more of your contributions as we go along. And before we leave, I do want to ask a question, both to you, Yvonne, and to all the listeners out there. Okay. I'm going to brace myself. Okay, brace yourself, brace yourself. Imagine this situation. You have two choices. Either your colleague is the best person in the world, super nice, super helpful, everything that you want in a person, in a human being. But as an employee of the company you're working for, as a colleague, terrible, terrible at the job. Or, on the other hand, you can have someone who is just a spiteful person, grinds your gears, 
gets on your nerves. Other idioms that signify annoyance. But incredible at their job. Makes your job so much easier by having them as a colleague. Who would you prefer to work with? Jesus. And this is a question for all the listeners as well. Definitely let us know. But Yvonne, what would your answer be? I know what my answer would be. If that, if you need more time, I can tell you my answer. I think I know because I can think of a couple of people in the past couple of roles that I've had where they absolutely, they grind my gears. And so I'm okay. I'm thinking of two people. One person grinds my gears at work, but then I know outside of work that they do really good, like charitable things. And they, you know, they clearly have a good heart and their heart is in the right place. But then I'm thinking of another person who, fantastic colleague, went always went above and beyond. Nothing was ever a silly question. Nothing was ever too much for them. And that's where I, we got lured into the full sense of security of, could this person be a friend outside of work? And when we started having discussions outside of work, there was no chemistry, there was no bond, there was kind of, it was a bit of a one-way friendship where I was doing my typical ask all the questions, but I wasn't really getting any return. So I think the answer is I'd, at work, I'd rather have somebody who is good at their job, but maybe not very friendly or maybe not such a good person outside of work because if I choose not to be friends with that person then it's fine as long as the relationship remains sweet and professional at work and like I said it is really really important to me to have a good relationship at work and to be happy at work and enjoy what I do and if that person makes my life easier then I'm I'm all for them really yeah same unsurprisingly as someone who doesn't go into work looking for friendships i definitely would prefer someone who is good at their job yeah but definitely let us know what your opinions are you listeners out there would you prefer to work with someone who is nice but terrible at their job or someone who is terrible but brilliant at their job what a fantastic question to end on ethan thank you so much for sharing that and yeah looking forward to next week to hearing all of your answers and hopefully another meaty discussion. And if you want to get in touch with us, it couldn't be easier. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, all under Permeable Minds. And if you want to email us, you can email us at permeablemindspodcast at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing, Ethan. And really hope that you all enjoyed today's discussion as much as we did. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.